Hey guys, this is Jared with the Weekly Warrior Podcast. Today, we're bringing you episode 11, Conquering Burnout. Now, this is an episode with Corey, Connor, and myself. We come together because we all have different and unique experiences with the concept of burnout. Uh, Connor talks a lot about exercise burnout and how her upbringing has led her to led her to a path of overtraining, and it, it really affected her training into adulthood. Um, and she talks about how to manage that, how to overcome it, and what the effects and the signs of it look like while you're in it. And then Corey goes into a really powerful personal story about his former job and his work life. And guys, you need to hear this story. It's so, so important, especially in our day and age of of overworking in these jobs and, and being stressed out because of work. It's so important what he says and what he offers. So please go listen to it. I'm going to finish out the episode uh, with a talk about long-term consistency versus short-term intensity. And we really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Go ahead, give us a follow at Weekly Warrior Podcast on Instagram, and you can leave us a rating, a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Enjoy, guys. Okay, how are you guys? Great. I am uh, feeling quite accomplished. Why? I spent all day today working in my yard and doing some home improvement stuff. Ooh, okay. nice core. Yeah. Yeah. You told us about that earlier. What do you what are you building, bud? I'm uh I'm extending the back patio of my house and then I'm gonna build a fire pit um after that. But um something about manual labor always makes me feel good at the end of the day. <laughs> Not like manual labor to end the day. Eh? That's right. That's absolutely right. right. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. All right, guys. Well, Let's uh, crack the can on this episode. <laughs> Yay. Okay. That was a Zevia, by the way. Did you hear it? Ooh, what flavor? Uh, I told you earlier I gave my um, caffeine-free oh, cola. Caffeine-free cola. Mm-hmm. That was Zevia. amazing. Caffeine-free cola. Zevia's going right. to sponsor us. <laughs> oh, I tried so hard not they to should. laugh audibly. You could have, bud. They would have liked it. The listeners. I was, I was laughing real hard. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. This is our first uh, thruple or threesome or whatever you want to call it. And we're going to talk about burnout mm-hmm. and how to conquer mm-hmm. it. So um, we're going to get uh, pretty talky here in a, in a minute. But first, I want to hear from Connor. What is burnout? Uh, I think for me, it's always just trying to operate in extremes. And for me, it's burnout has always resulted from just a lot of mental and physical fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Corey, what is burnout to you? Um, okay. I'm going to keep this short. Burnout is um, not giving a shit about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'm going to keep it. I'm going to leave it there and tell, and then I'll unpack it later. Let the record show that I asked you a question and you answered it in one sentence. Yes. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll, un- I'll unpack it oh, later. <laughs> oh, we're going to unpack it later. All right. Sounds good. So, 
Uh, burnout is a is a real thing. It's it's really prevalent in our society, and it's often overlooked and tucked away and swept under the rug and and not not talked about. So we're going to talk about it today. We're going to bring it to light. We're going to give it a name, and we're going to conquer it. Um, so Connor, let's let's start out with you. What are what is like your personal story with burnout, and what are maybe like the signs of burnout? Yeah. So when I thought about burnout, I immediately thought about kind of exercise burnout or burnout with exercise. Mm-hmm. And I came from a background. So I was a competitive swimmer for 16 years and training. I was training twice a day, sometimes four hours a day from a very young age. Um, that was the type of training. That type of training was all that I knew. And so when I retired from swimming, when I graduated from college, in my mind, that type of training was the only way to get in shape. Mm. Um, So I remember, so I moved to Mount Pleasant. I joined CrossFit Worthy. Um, Guys, there were days when I was doing a CrossFit group class in the morning and then I would come back and I would train again at 1 p.m. So I was doing the, the Beast Competitors Program. And then I was a group fitness instructor also. So I would teach like an indoor cycle class for an hour in the evening. Dang. So I was, wow. I was, yeah, right? Crazy. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought this is what I had to do. Like I thought this is what I had to do to lose weight, to be a better athlete. And for whatever reason, being an athlete was such a big part of my identity up until that point. And so I just thought I needed to keep training like one. Hmm. So even though you retired from swimming, that mindset really didn't retire. Yes. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And I think, Uh, mm -hmm, go ahead. Um, it's interesting. It all stemmed from like your upbringing. So that was just from a very early age, it became part of your identity. And it's just interesting how different upbringings can like seriously affect the rest of our life. Oh yeah. Yeah. I just thought that's, yeah. if you want to get in shape, you better train three to four hours a day. Mm-hmm. That's just what yeah. I thought. It's all I knew. Um, <laughs> but I mean, all of that training caught up to me really quickly. Um, It was way, way too much volume. It started to wreak havoc on my body. Uh, Mm -hmm. There were a lot of warning signs that I ignored. Um, The first warning sign, I I lost my period. Um, So as a female, if your body is under a lot of physical stress, so for me it was working out three times a day, your Mm -hmm. cortisol levels will increase, so that's your stress hormone. And right. usually these high levels of stress hormone are what disrupts your menstrual cycle. It's um, crazy. Yeah. It's literally was... your body like, hey, stop. Yes. Yeah. It was, to- it was totally my body uh, trying to communicate with me. Um, mm-hmm. And I completely ignored it. I was like, uh, whatever. I mean, as a female, you're like, oh, sweet. I don't have to deal with this this month or whatever. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I think the second warning sign for me was I had what I thought were minor aches and pains 
that quickly turned into chronic nagging pains. Um, Mm -hmm. I ignored them for a long time because that's the mentality, you know, like push through, um, no pain, no gain. And I ended up with debilitating knee pain. Um, I, long story short, I ended up doing physical therapy. I didn't squat for six to eight months. Um, I remember when I finally did start squatting, I started over with, with an empty 15 pound bar. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so mentally that was really hard. And all of this was a result of just exercising too much at, it was too much intensity, too much volume, no, no, no recovery at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you I just, feel like, mm-hmm. do you feel like you, you mentally burnt out or was your body physically the one, the thing that uh, it, seem, it seems like your body was the first thing to go. But do you feel like your mental game was still like passionate about mm. working out and wanting to work out? Yeah, that's a good question. I mm-hmm. so that this is interesting because I definitely had those training days where you come in and you're mentally really foggy, but you train anyway. And you don't mm-hmm. you don't really have a desire or want to train. Like training wasn't always fun. But I just I had it in my mind that this is what you need to do. And I remember I was at the gym and I was training in the middle of the afternoon and Jeremy walked up to me and Jenna Smith and he sent us for a run, just like a jog. And he said, all right, today you're going to do this exercise and it's called the five whys. Do you know that exercise? Nope. Um, Tell us. Okay. So the five whys is... You ask yourself five times why something is important to you. And the goal of the mm-hmm. exercise is get to get beyond the surface level reason and get into the more deeper layers. So the question that he posed is basically, why are you training? Hmm. And I remember mm-hmm. going for this run and just having no idea I don't, I have no idea. Why am I training like this? I'm, I'm not going to the games. You know what I mean? I'm putting mm-hmm. my body through all of this stress and I don't have a solid why. I've, I enjoyed training and I learned, and I enjoyed getting stronger and I learned all the skill development. I like that part. But at the end of the day, my why is I just want to have fun and be healthy and I was neither mm-hmm. of those things. I was not having fun and I was not healthy. Mm-hmm. Right. So You know what's crazy? I remember that day that Jeremy sent you on the run. It was at the old gym. Yes. It was during open gym. It was during Beast. And I remember you and Jenna. Jenna wore a, a weight vest, I think. Mm. And I don't know. Why I rem- Why do I remember this? I don't know. Yes. But I, I totally remember that because, like, you guys went and you left and it was abnormal. And you were gone for, like, 40 minutes and you came back. And I was just crazy yes but it's it's that that type of training was so ingrained in you it was just training was the same as brushing your teeth almost oh yes it's it was just, just something you did you know mm-hmm. it was like second just unconscious you just do it it was routine yeah absolutely yeah mm-hmm. yeah um okay so 
So bring us up to speed to where you are now. How did you overcome that? Um, honestly, um, my body wouldn't let me ignore it anymore. I mean, my body physically broke down and forced me to take a step back. Mm -hmm. Um, and now today I, I work out less than I ever have. I work out four to five days a week, probably 45 to 60 minutes, um, maybe sometimes like an hour and a half, but that's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I train at lower intensities more often. I hit those higher intensity anaerobic workouts maybe once, sometimes twice a week. Otherwise, I'm working out in an aerobic state, which is just so much easier to recover from. Yeah. And you have a heart rate monitor and so you can actually physically track where you're at. Ooh, yes. So that was a big turning point in my training is just becoming more aware of my heart rate while I'm, while I'm doing the workouts. Mm -hmm. So for someone listening and being like, you can't, maybe a heart rate monitor isn't like realistic to them. Mm, They're just an, an athlete in the class. How can they know the difference between anaerobic when they're going anaerobic versus staying aerobic? Oh, yes. So going anaerobic is like redlining. This is the workout where you're emptying your tank. You're leaving everything on the floor and you can't breathe. You can't talk. And you're lying on the ground at the end. Mm -hmm. That's going Mm -hmm. anaerobic. Um, There's, I will say like those workouts have a place in training. I'm not bashing those workouts, but it's just not every day, you know, because they're super taxing. They take a long time to recover from. Um, And then the aerobic is more comfortable so it's kind of like 60 85 percent effort it's sustainable you can do it for a long time yep you can talk carrying a conversation um you're not floored by the workout you're sweating but you're not dying Mm -hmm. um and as a coach we coach our athletes on intensities um and more often than not we're looking to sustain your effort over a certain time domain. So we don't want athletes spending a lot of time in that anaerobic state. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, a lot of people um, somehow sometimes have a hard time judging what that feels like. Yeah. And a lot of people just get caught up in competing, you know? So like if the work, mm-hmm. if the, purpose of the workout is to sustain your effort around 70%. I would guess more athletes are still peaking at 90 to 100% during those workouts when they really shouldn't be. That's not the adaptation we're looking for. Right. Yeah. And the, the two styles of training, like I completely have a completely different effect on your body. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, like anaerobic, just to piggyback off you, anaerobic is like the big burning can be the big burning sensation yes yeah um aerobic you can get work like you said get words out and and talk to your neighbor if you wanted to to some level Mm -hmm. um cool so how did 
how did you go about like recovery? Um, how did your sleep change or nutrition? What, what was different there? Oh yeah. Um, so I think I had a big mind, mindset shift, um, Mm -hmm. working out obsessively and at high intensities does not necessarily equal weight loss. And I think that's what I ultimately wanted. I mean, I wanted to be an athlete, but I also wanted to lose weight. Um, but honestly, I think it just created more issues and probably created a lot more inflammation in my body. Mm. And so I had this big shift of, you know, pulling back, focusing way more on nutrition because nutrition is going to have a bigger impact on your body composition anyway, Mm -hmm. Um, which most people don't realize, but Mm -hmm. focusing on nutrition. Yeah. Prioritizing sleep, which is still a challenge for me. Those things make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously it's, if you were to take uh, person A and person B, person B was to just go work out for a year mm-hmm. and not really worry about nutrition. Person A was to maybe work out once, say once a week and completely overhaul nutrition. I mean, who's going to be better? Oh. Who's going to be, a, not better, have the most change? Person B, absolutely. I think I said person A was the one that changed. Oh. <laughs> person A, the, nu- the nutrition person. And... <laughs> <laughs> and everything I said, <laughs> reverse it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, That's You know yeah. what I mean. <laughs> I know what you meant. Yeah, just, yeah. but yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, anything else, Connor, that you want to add to that? Um, I know we were going to talk about how to avoid burnout. Do you want me to talk about that now or should we talk about that yeah. at the end? Yeah, how do you avoid burnout in regards to training? Um, I, we, I already talked about this a little bit, but definitely manage your training frequency and intensities. Mm-hmm. Um, go back to the big picture. Ask yourself why you're doing this. I think yeah. some people might have a really strong why. So like if you're a games athlete and you're going to the CrossFit games, yeah, training's your life. They devote a lot of time to recovery and nutrition. Um, they also endure a lot of stress and injury um Mm -hmm. but yeah ask yourself why you're doing these things um yeah don't find a buddy go on a big long run yeah ask why that's exactly it um (laughs) as a female don't ignore signs from your body so if you're losing your period Mm -hmm. that's a warning sign um don't ignore pain i think a lot of people (laughs) train and push through nagging chronic pain because it's the mentality. And I think if I could go back in time and when my knee pain first started bugging me, I knowing what I know now, I would have just stopped. I would have like rested, taken a week or two off, talked to my coach, figure out a better path forward instead of just pushing through it. Um, so yeah, having a better mindset to do that, knowing that it's okay to rest, it's okay to take time off. Um, (laughs) you're the the reason you're doing this is to have fun. And if you're in pain, you need to pull back. Pain is no fun. (laughs) Pain, no good. 
Yeah, like it's, it comes to like having a good coach is a really like, oh my God, that's such a big difference. Mm-hmm. If you have no coach or have a coach that isn't aware, doesn't care, um, yeah, probably not a good road for you mm-hmm. as an athlete. So, yeah. Luckily, we have Jeremy, the best coach. In the right. Aww. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> I wonder if he listens to this. He, he does listen. So that'll make him really happy. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Joe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Corey. All right, buddy. What's up? How you doing? I'm just taking. I, I'm taking all this in. It's really cool to listen to you guys yeah. talk about anaerobic and aerobic and all that type of stuff because that's not something I'm really well versed in. So that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were one that kind of made a a shift in in training mindset. We'll talk about that for just one second. So you used to you used to like go within a competitive mindset which Connor just kind of touched on. Yeah. And now you go with a training mindset, right? Yeah. So I go every day, pretty much every day, like my goal. And I have to tell myself this during workouts. A lot of times is just train, don't compete. Um, because that, that way of looking at it allows me to like do the workout right and do the movements. Even if I do them slower, I do them correctly. I don't injure myself nearly as much. Um, And so because of that, I've had to take way less time off. And because of that, I've had way more results. Um, So, yeah, Yeah. I had that complete shift, um, just complete 180. So it it was really good. Corey. Mm -hmm. Yes. So a couple podcast episodes ago. Yes. You said that. You said, "I, I don't go there to compete. I go there to train. And I tell myself that all the time now. <laughs> I mean, I literally will tell my, like, I'll say it out loud in the middle of a workout. Just mm-hmm. train. Yeah. Just train. I like just it. Because I'll, I'll start to get really, I'll get amped up. And um, I'll get to that point where I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going to pass out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so it's just like, okay, uh, take a step back. Because, yeah, you, wanna, you want this long-term consistency. Yes. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, that's been huge for me to, cause for the, mm-hmm. in the last four months, um, the biggest break that I've taken was like three days. Um, I'm only working out, uh, three to five days a week, but the biggest like time off, so to speak has been three or four days at a time. Um, because I don't have the injuries that I was experiencing before mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm just taking care of my, my body better. Um, so yeah, I can, that's cool. I can attest to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a real thing. Eh? Yep. It's, it's cool. All right, man. So let's shift from training into something that kind of, uh, is very important to every person, which is their work life. Raise your hand. If you go job. to work, if you're not raising your hand, you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So work <laughs> is, is huge in everybody's life. It takes up, you know, I don't know, like at least 40 hours a week for most of us in our society. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talk to us about your experience with a job you used to have, um, in regards to like, you know, burnout and how you dealt with it. Yeah. Um, so I graduated from college in 2014, um, the only thing I wanted to do was work with kids at risk youth specifically. Um, I did that for a couple of years in Michigan and I'm not going to get like too caught up in the details of that. 
Um, but long story short, I ended up moving to Colorado and I got a job at a treatment center, um, here in Canyon city, Colorado, um, right off the get go, something seemed off about this place, but I had just moved 1200 miles and like spent all my money. And so I was going to make the best of it. Um, so after about six months, um, some things started to happen, um, to me and I started noticing it with the people that I was around. Um, so Connor talked about what burnout looks like in a training, um, situation. So workplace burnout is a little different and it looks a little different, especially depending on where you work. Um, so some of the higher stress jobs such as, you know, like EMTs, paramedics, police officers, doctors, uh, lawyers, um, people who work with at-risk youth, DHS case work, caseworkers, all, like all those types of um, more service, mm-hmm. service jobs that also require a decent amount of emotional investment. Um, so some of the things that you start to see um, in workplace burnout are things like cynicism. So negativity, someone's negative all the time, Um, Mm -hmm. nothing's ever going to get better. Why try, um, you know, all that type of stuff, um, being lethargic. So a big sign that I always used to see was staff that would just sit on couches. They wouldn't, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't be interacting with kids. They would be, um, they would sit on a couch and try to be like, Hey, stop doing that type thing. Um, lower quality of work. So after a while, um, you get to a point where you just show up Mm. and that's, and you're there and you're a body and you know what I mean? That's kind of what it is. Um, no ability to cope with issues that come up. So if you have a flat tire and you're already burned, like burned out at work, the, the flat tire is probably going to send you to a place where it never should, um, So you have no ability to cope with even small issues. So like you get angry over lots of little things. So going back to my story, now that, now that we have a little bit of context um, for that. So after about six months, I started noticing some things. Um, I started noticing some major signs of depression. Um, I started becoming really cynical. Um, I, stopped i mean honestly i stopped giving a fuck um because basically what was happening was i was working 16 to 17 hour days a couple times a week and then pretty regularly working at least 10 hours a day um and so my everything that i enjoyed outside of work took a complete backseat so Mm -hmm. i like to ride motorcycles i stopped pretty much stopped doing that i like to go to the gym and, you know, work on, work on my fitness. Um, that was a failing, failing, uh, area. Like I, I, I would go to the gym and I would, I would get hurt or I, you know, I, there was no progress. Um, rugby, I would go and literally my attitude with rugby was I'm here and I get to tell people I play rugby. So that's cool. Um, there was no passion. There was no excitement. Um, and that continued for quite a while. And I, 
eventually got promoted because I was putting in the hours and I was saying, yes, Hey, like I'll help out this and that and the other thing. Um, while the, my relationships around me basically were falling apart and I was spending all my time at work. Um, I got promoted to be a supervisor. So interesting things got worse. (laughs) Um, so this is not something I've really ever talked about too much. So it's, uh, I'm going to try to organize my thoughts as best I can. Um, the biggest thing that started to happen once I got promoted is I was working more. So working even more than I already was. So probably working a minimum of probably 50 to 55 hours a week. Um, and that, I mean, that's, that was minimum. Um, when time, when things were rough at the facility, uh, I, there were weeks where I had put in 70 to 80 hours in a week. Um, so what started happening was I was drinking all the time, um, going to the bar with coworkers, um, probably three to five times a week, just getting obliterated, um, driving drunk, um, you know, going to Burger King and getting everything on the menu on the way home type stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. it got bad enough to the point where like there was one time I was leaving the bar and then the next thing I remember coming to in the post office parking lot. Um, and that was how I was coping with the stress because at this workplace, it was, you know, kid, all these kids are all going through all these issues and they're having all these issues. And then you're trying to help them. But most of the time they don't want your help. They, so they attack you and and they do whatever. And the best we can do is try to restrain them. And um, we can't really defend ourselves. So a lot of staff were getting hurt. Um, And me as a supervisor, I'm trying to manage everyone else's burnout while also managing my own. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So you start to forget who you are. You start to forget anything about goals. I mean, I, I, (laughs) there was a time, like there was a very dark period where I I was living with my ex-girlfriend sleeping on a couch and, um, I didn't really have any friends besides, you know, the people I would go out drinking with. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't taking care of myself at all. Um, and I, I was in denial about a lot of stuff like, um, you know, these signs and symptoms, um, like all I wanted to do is pretty much drink and sleep. Mm. Um, I had no desire to do anything else and that. I mean, So, and I, like I was, like I said, I was in denial about most of that. Um, so things started coming to a head. Uh, I had bounced around to a couple different units, um, as a supervisor, and then they switched me to supervise in the school. So to give some context, they basically where the school is, is where supervisors careers go to die. Um, so I moved to the school very reluctantly. I actually, was given the choice. You either move to the school or we're going to fire you. Um, that was, that was the manipulation technique that was used. And I didn't really have a choice because at that time I didn't have a job, a job lined up. So I did that. 
and things got worse. Um, so once I moved to the school, I was pretty much consistently showing up to work at about 6 a.m. and not leaving 95% of the time I wasn't leaving until at least 5 to 5.30 p.m. And that's on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. Um, mm-hmm. So there was no gym. There was no – I mean, there was there was nothing but go home, go to bed, wake up, mm. go to work. Um, and that, I mean, and then that was it. Um, so I did that for probably four months. And so what started happening was I was having trouble controlling my anger and anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a super angry person. Um, but I was having issues not lashing out at the youth and when staff would complain, I was having issues having any empathy for them and I would um, I just, I couldn't control my emotions at all. Um, I would break down and cry a lot, like out of nowhere. Um, and I wouldn't talk to anybody about it because nobody, I mean, nobody cared. Everyone was dealing with the same stuff. You know what I mean? And I had to be that guy that was positive and, and, you know, put on a face and, and take care of everybody else because mm-hmm. that's the, the role that I was in. Um, so it finally started coming to a head. I got a youth attacked me with a brick. Um, and he, luckily he didn't do any damage to me, but that was my point where I, I couldn't take it anymore. Um, I couldn't take the hours. I couldn't take the job because, um, a big part of burnout is when people start feeling like they're not working for anything or they're doing meaningless work. Um, they, what's the point of putting in all this time Mm -hmm. if what I'm doing doesn't matter? Um, why would I be just torturing myself essentially for, for no reason? Because there's, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, um, for people who are, who are dealing with this. Um, and so they started, uh, my, my superiors were telling me, you know, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this is how you're going to do it. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it that way. I'm not going to treat people that way. They wanted me to treat my staff a certain way because they felt like that was the only way to get the job done. And I was, and I refused as, as that's not how I treat people. That's just not how it's going to go. Um, I started, go ahead. Can you, can you share like, how did they want you to treat them? Um, so like there were days where I'd show up and there would be nine or 10 holes on the schedule. And so my job was to every, and this was almost every single day I had to fill Mm -hmm. the schedule while managing behaviors Mm -hmm. of youth and managing staff. Um, so basically running the campus and doing all these different things and then filling the schedule. So basically what I was told to do was just mandate staff. So mandate them Mm -hmm. to, to work an extra shift. Um, and that, and Ah. it was the, what, what I was told to do was literally tell them you're working tonight. And I'm right. like, no, yeah. that's not, that's not how this works. That's, and I refuse to do that. I managed to fill the schedule on a daily basis by not, and I, and I didn't mandate people. I, re, I wouldn't do it. I made whatever deals with the devil that I had to, to like, to, to make, you know, to make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. So then they started taking the, you know, the, the hammer started coming down on me. The attention was coming down on me because I was, rebelling um against 
the system. So they started mandating me to work extra shifts and they started making me work 16, 17, 18 hour days. And then, you know, doing it all over again the next day or doing it multiple times a week. Um, and so I just, I had finally gotten to the point where I had enough and I started saying no, or I can only stay till this time. And I would make it like, I would make exceptions, uh, to try to feel like I was winning something. But at the end of the day, um, I wasn't winning anything. I was still like being manipulated by the powers that be, um, so basically what ha- I, I finally had enough. I put my two weeks in um, the next, the very next day after I put my two weeks in, they mandated me to, they mandated me to work an extra shift. And I told them I couldn't. Um, and I really couldn't. It was Friday. I had something I had to do outside of work. And I was, I was like, no, I, I can't, I'm sorry. I'll stay till four today to help you guys out. Um, and then on Monday I showed up on Monday and they accepted my resignation as of Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was, that was like a two year span where pretty much, I mean, it was, like I said, I I was drinking a lot, um, really doing some not so intelligent things and completely neglecting self care. Um, Mm -hmm. just, I mean, I mean, completely, I, I gained, I was gaining weight. I was unhappy. uh, I mean, you name it my relationships were shitty. I was with people that I had no business being with because they were also toxic. Um, but I, I was just looking, I was literally grasping at anything that I could to try to make my situation better. Um, but it was like running in quicksand. So, um, nothing was working. There was no traction. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's the, the thing about people in those positions. Um, the thing with the burnout is, Sometimes the answer, and we're talking about like some strategies to avoid it. Sometimes the answer is to, to quit, to be, to be done. Um, and that the hell yeah, yeah. like sadly that, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's where it is. Like at a certain point yeah. you're, you can't take it anymore. Your body can't take it anymore. Yeah. I'm lucky that I wasn't married because my marriage wouldn't have taken anymore. I know that. Um, yeah. So there's a certain point where you just have to be and you just have to be done. Um, mm-hmm. So from all of those things, it was the darkest two years of my 27 years on this earth. Um, I don't talk about it very often. I don't. It's just it, it wasn't good. Um, and I've been away from there now for a year. And uh, it took me like six months to really get my footing back. Um to figure out a direction to go because I was so lost and I was so, I just had no idea what to do um, because it had just pushed me so far down. I didn't even know who I was anymore. I didn't know what, you know, what I was about and I had to complete, I've had to completely figure everything out all over again. So anyway. Well, like what you said, you said something interesting, like a couple minutes ago, it's, someone who's starting to experience burnout or is giving their all to their job or like slaving away at this company, you lose sight like of your goals. Mm. And that was so, I don't know that, that really struck me because that's such a good way to put it. Like we often know what physically it looks like, but inside of somebody like 
they're maybe completely lost. Like they don't, they lost sight of their goals. They yeah. don't know what they want to do anymore outside of work. Yep. Because all it has become is advanced. Like in a lot of cases, in a lot of cases these days, people, their only goal is to advance the corporate ladder and that I just need to get that next promotion. So then I can buy this thing and then mm-hmm. I can be happy. And then, and then I can get this another promotion. All I have to do is work 60 hours a week for my boss. And like, it's this, it's this stupid cycle of like, right. let me kiss the feet of the guy above me to hope I can take his job in 10 years so I can afford to have a little bit bigger house that's filled with sadness. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, that's how our society is. But anyway, um, yeah. So a big takeaway that I want people to take from my story is, um, to learn to say no. So, um, learning to say no was literally the first step for me to getting away from that and getting on a, a path that is healthy and can, and, and is, um, sustainable. Um, and so you have to create boundaries and you have to remember what is important in your life. So what is important? Mm-hmm. Is it your family? Is it your fitness? Is it your, is it your dog that you see when you come home to go to sleep? You know what I mean? Like that's no, that's no way to live. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to give a, just a couple of ways that you guys, that anyone that's listening can, can try to start saying no more often. Um, and I used, I read a little bit of uh, a book called, it's called the book of no by Dr. Susan Newman. She's a psychologist. Um, mm-hmm. So when you're, when someone asks you at work to do something, think like you need to, you need to run through these, some of these things before you just say yes. Um, saying yes, adds stress on top of what you're already dealing with. Um, so can you really handle another project or another shift or whatever, um, saying yes will take you away from who or what you really are about. So your family, your friend, your actual friends, not your work friends, your actual friends, um, or your goals. Um, it, it is okay to say no, it is okay to just say no. And that is enough. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to apologize. You literally can just say no. And move on. And however they, however your superiors react, that's on them. It's not on you. Um, don't be a yes man. So when I say a yes man, don't always say yes and always be the guy that everyone can count on because then guess who they're going to come to every single time. It's going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to be you. Um, we talk a lot in this podcast about awareness. So you need to be aware of your limits. Um, what do your limits look like and don't exceed them unless you absolutely have to. Um, and then I'm going to emphasize again, no is okay. N O is okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like people don't get this enough in our society today because we're afraid of missing out on stuff. Um, and as soon as you, can break free of the fear of missing out. Um, your life opens up. You, you have so much freedom to, to pursue whatever you want to pursue and not be controlled by work. Um, what's the saying you want to, you want to live to work or you want to work to live, not live to work. 
You know, what, or you know what I mean? Like your, your job yeah. is supposed to be a means to an end. Like, yes, you actually, you absolutely should enjoy your job, but mm-hmm. it, it, if that consumes you and that is your life, then you really should probably take a, a harder look at what you're, you know, what are you missing out on? What are you really missing out on if you're spending all your time at work? Um, mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of my, the, the synopsisized version of my story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's burnout is a real thing, especially in high stress jobs. And if you think that you are dealing with some burnout, um, like anything that I talked about, you really need to get some like, and and, and without judgment, you really need to try to find some help um, and really evaluate your situation because it's probably in your best interest to take a step back or quit completely, completely and (laughs) try something else. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So. It's just like last week's podcast with Ryan, we talked about, if you're dealing with an issue or a problem in your life or an argument, the easiest thing to do sometimes is just walk away. Yep. Mm, yeah. Literally. Figuratively. And the- so yeah, dude, good on you for just fucking quitting. Yeah. Uh, the-, the, the worst part about it was, is it took so long it for was, me to do I it. Think- it did take you. Like, yeah. cause uh, how long- they would always, well, the thing about it, like, and people experience this all the time your boss is going to manipulate you to feel bad. Like you should dedicate your life. Like we would always get the speech. You lack the endurance or you lack the stamina to, to Mm -hmm. succeed in this, at this place. And after, and it like, they made you feel like it was your fault that I'm sorry that after working 40 hours and three days that I like, I would like some time off and take a nap. Like, Dude, <laughs> you should look at them and be like, yup, I don't have the stamina to do this. If I, cause this fucking sucks. Yeah, if I ever <laughs> went back or if I ever end up in a place that tries to be like that, uh, I, I'm, it just is, I'll walk out the door. I mean, I will literally make yeah. a beeline for the door and be like, deuces, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. It's, I think everything's a lesson, man. And like, obviously, that's a huge lesson. And now you know that. Now, like you're completely a different person from then. And even when you were going through that period, you and I weren't talking really at all. I don't remember recall our relationship being, uh, I mean, we were texting strong or anything. We were texting here and there, but yeah, nothing. I was in a black hole daily, daily conversations now. So I mean, look where you are now. Look where it led you. So I think things happen. You were meant to go through that. So you can come out stronger and, and now look where you're the at. The beautiful thing about it is when I find the thing that like, that sets me on fire, I have no problem putting in work because I know what putting in work mm-hmm. looks like and it, what it feels like. Um, mm-hmm. That because the, you know, the work isn't the issue. It was the, again, burnout, like the meaningless work. It's like what I'm doing has no impact. It has no right. effect because the kids, the kids have in your specific situation, the kids come from <laughs> uh, the shitty situations, families, whatever, and the families aren't willing to help. And the kids are just the, the program isn't set up to really for their. Well, success. let me, I'll it's put it in perspective. Difficult. The, the place that I worked at prior to where I'm at, where I was at, I never felt, mm-hmm. I never once felt like 
the burnout. I never once felt because yeah. you probably remember this. Like anytime you would see me, I was normally like pretty happy. Like, like you know, I like my job. It's good. Like the the program is solid yeah. because I felt like there was Thanks. there was meaning to it. Um, as mm-hmm. soon as I didn't feel like anything I did mattered, no matter how much I worked and how much effort I put in, that's when it, 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 it was over. Like I, I can't do it yeah. and nobody, nobody can, it wears on everybody. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Nothing matters here. <laughs> Connor thoughts. Uh, I was just thinking, Corey, thanks for sharing all that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was really yes. honest. And I was just thinking about all the people that probably feel exactly the same way. Yes. And they're mm-hmm. just, they just live that way. Exactly. And, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Accept it. I have, uh, I have two close friends out here that I worked with there and they're actually, they're actually friends. They're not just like work friends. Um, and I have my, one of my biggest points over the last couple of months has been to open their eyes to how just absolutely just positively horrible that place mm-hmm. was and is for your mental health. And so one of, one of those friends has left, he's got a different job somewhere and it. And the other one um, probably isn't far behind. Um, and so yeah. I'm sitting here and saying like, if I can do that, then, then it's all worth it. Yeah. Helping yeah. others. Yeah. And sharing your, honestly, mm-hmm. Corey, sharing that story, you just helped a lot of people too. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So bones, what's, mm-hmm. what's a better path forward with all this? With managing, with, managing burnout yeah. and all that. Oh, you're leaving it up to me. Um, <laughs> that was a really good segue. That was really, really good transition. <laughs> Very smooth. So it's, I guess the two pathways is long term consistency versus short-term intensity wow um interesting so i look at this of course long-term consistency throughout the course of your life from birth to death you want that you want to have long-term healthy eating habits and healthy activity and healthy relationships right Mm -hmm. Short-term intensity, it's like just a flash in the pan, um, and it's not effective. It's not lasting. It's not so sustainable. What good is it? Right, and that's that's obvious. Like, of course, this the two long-term consistency versus short-term intensity. It's the tortoise versus the hare. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a story that we grew up on and that we were taught, and yeah. it's ingrained. In, in all of our brains, if, if, you know, if you're pretty much in the society, right, in America and, like, all over the oh, world. Oh, yeah, it's... Classic story. Yeah, it's written in every language. Every language. Everybody knows the story of the tortoise and the hare. It's better to be the tortoise, right? Mm-hmm. It's better to be slow and steady. The hare, you start out quick, and he's so great, and he's so far ahead, and he relaxes, and he snoozes and eats. And then all of a sudden, he sees the tortoise start slowly itching, inching by. He's like, oh, shit, I got to go another short-term intensity boost and up to the next friend. And then he relaxes again and the tortoise, here he comes. It's better to be the tortoise, but the tortoise also lives his entire life in a shell. 
Mm, wow. Right? You're right. So, yeah, I'm going very, I'm very symbolic about this, but just follow it. Yeah. Okay? The towards lives his entire life in the shell. Of course, it's better. He finishes the finish line. He wins. It's better to be long-term consistent in training, in work, in healthy eating habits. The best example I have of this is I went back to like school in college days. So you, you better be long-term consistent, but you better be able to dial it in and turn it on when you need to Mm. for that short-term intensity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's so important to have that take school, for example, throughout a four, a four-year degree, you want to be consistent with your grades to keep your GPA up. Now take it down to a semester. You want to be consistent with your test and your study habits throughout that semester. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to finals week, you better be able to fucking turn it on. Yeah. Right. You're right. (laughs) If you don't have that, then if you don't have that, then, you know, uh, that last test, whatever, if you can't dial it in, if you can't dial in your nutrition when you need to for an event or a competition, if you're an athlete, uh, it might not go as well as you want to. Right. Mm -hmm. If you can't dial it in at work, uh, or when you need to, if you own your own business and you're kind of your back is against the wall or, or something's going on, you better be able to dial it in. You better, better be able to make a change intensely and quickly than to just do the old short-term long consistent stuff you've been doing that isn't leading you anywhere. So what you're saying is um, there's a time to like turn up the volume. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's dialing in and dialing out. Uh, and you know, a big thing is just to gain awareness of when to do that and having those lessons, like your big lesson, Corey, is just having the awareness of good people in your life and bad people in your life and keeping good company and having good habits are it's insanely important because the whole really the whole purpose of the weekly warrior podcast is is to build and create and manifest and inspire a more self-aware and conscious and strong and actionable human so in that, we need to have an understanding of a slow and steady and how our life needs to be drowned in like a sea of slow and steady consistency of good habits. And we also need to be aware of when to ignite our fire of short-term intensity mm. in our life. Mm. I love it. God, I'm ready yeah. to run through a wall right now. <laughs> that was great, Bone. So that's, that's, that's what I think. That was wonderful. Thanks, guys. Be able to turn it on. Dial it up. Be able to turn it on, baby. Yeah. Dial it up. All right, guys. Um, so what's next? Mm. What's next for you, Connor? What do you got going on? Oh, this weekend. This weekend, uh, we're doing we're yep. doing a little gymnastics clinic at the gym. Ooh, yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. that'll be funsies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Corey, what are you doing this weekend? Um, I'm going to finish, I'm going to finish one of my projects. Uh, you're going to build your ceremonial fire pit. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, so I'm going to finish the patio first (laughs) and then my, the funeral, I mean, the, the fire pit is going to be, the fire pit is going to be next. But other than that, so I had the week off of rugby. So we're talking about like taking time off and like recovering. I've been, I've had some Mm -hmm. nagging injuries the last couple of weeks. And I've taken, I've still gone to the gym this week, but I've taken it real easy. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I'm trying to let this stuff heal and um, been focusing more on my nutrition. So I'm in the midst of that, like kind of taking a step back and it's okay to, to chill out. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. I, I don't know. I, I haven't had that balance. It's been like full on go time. Um, but I also know that like my thumb isn't going to heal unless I stop doing overhead workouts at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> like, so <laughs> I'm in, I'm, li- I'm dealing with that right now. Yeah. What are you doing? Bones? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was so abrupt. <laughs> what are you doing? Bones? <laughs> <laughs> I am, uh, well, Jess came down state. So I'm going to tomorrow. I picked up a shift at work. And I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to go see Jess in the evening. And I hopefully, I really want to see Captain Marvel, but I don't know. We'll see what oh. happens. And then I don't know. Yo, this you... weekend, she has a comp- She has a competition with her mom on Saturday, which we'll go to. So. Oh, which one? Rookie Rumble. Ooh. Her and her mom do it every oh, year. Oh, yeah, I like that yep. one. Cool. You got to you gotta go yeah. see Captain Marvel because Endgame comes out next week. I know. I, know. I got to get on that. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, guys. This was This was great. Corey, we really appreciate sharing that story. I actually didn't know a lot of those details and, and what you went through. So it was really, really great mm-hmm. uh, to hear you kind of talk your way through it and, and actually get through it and see where you are now. Yeah. Um, and, and Connor, you shared a lot of awesome things um, about exercise and, and how to deal with burnout there. Cause I think almost any athlete kind of can get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're actually more, prone to want to talk about it if they have a very good supporting cast. And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. And I think you have that, which is, which is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, cool guys. So next week, Corey, I think we're going to have your dad on next week, huh? Yeah. The old pops, Maybe. the old pops is going to be on and we're going to be talking about some, some pretty cool stuff. So stay tuned. Cool. Yeah. We'll look forward to that. And um, yeah, guys, we will see you next week. Sounds great. All right. Bye. Peace. Bye. Hey, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 11 of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. We want to invite you guys to leave us a comment, a rating, a review on iTunes or on our Instagram at Weekly Warrior Podcast. You can give us a follow or a like on Facebook, the Weekly Warrior Podcast. Please please let us know what you think. We love engagement and we love hearing back from you guys. Look forward to next week's episode. We release an episode every Friday. So we'd love for you to listen. You are always invited to comment and let us know what you think. Peace. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.